Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 21st of November 2020. And the title of this episode is More Legal Drama at Wizards of the Coast. There is a bit of a legal theme, I think, to this week's podcast, but let's start with some tabletop game stats. Last week, we discovered that more than 40% of people were planning on buying more board games than usual this Christmas. In contrast, only 4% planned on buying fewer. A strongly related question is, yeah, but are you going to get to play these games? During the lockdowns and various restrictions, we could speculate that families are playing tabletop games together more frequently. So that was the question in the most recent competition. And the answer is yes, families are playing together more often this year. 64% of geeks who answered the question said that they played more tabletop games with their family during the pandemic. And that's a self-classification of geek. The next figure is enormous. 95% of non-geeks said that they had been playing more tabletop games with their family during the pandemic. 95%! Now, some of this will be due to geek native sample. We do get non-geeks on the site because competition sites find out about our giveaways and send their competition hunting readers over. But despite that though, you have to imagine most people entering a competition to win It's Contagious, a card game, have some interest in tabletop games. Nevertheless, the data fits with other surveys Geek Native has run this year. Tabletop games have found a way to a wider audience in 2020. Okay, so that's a silver lining. Let's talk about some clouds. Back in Audio EXP 67, when we were talking about how people found dolls to be scarier than zombies, we also covered that Tracy Hickman and Margaret Wace were taking Wizards of the Coast to court. The Dragonlance creators accused the D&D publisher of breaching contract by refusing to approve any more revisions to their trilogy that they'd been working on. The authors even went as far to link it to racist and sexist publicity challenge that Wizards of the Coast had been facing. This week, a one-time partner of Wizards of the Coast, a Gale Force 9, filed a breach of contract court complaint against Wizards 2. A little bit more information has emerged and we know that the fight is around the translation of D&D that Gale Force 9 managed and outsourced. Wizards wants to end that deal a year early. They say they won't approve any more project. Gale Force 9 says that they can't do that and to do so would be a breach of contract. The twist? Well, Wizards allege that the translation work that Gale Force 9's contractors did was substandard. The French and Korean editions of D&D get mentioned as having mistakes and some localization work that was so bad it was insulting. Was it? Well, I've not been able to confirm, but I do note that Gale Force 9 insists there were no problems. They also insist that if there had been any problems, that they've been fixed. As you can imagine, a second court case in as many months has led to lots of internet speculation. What is going on at Wizards? Are they getting ready for D&D 6E? Well, it certainly seems like they're trying to do something. And I get why people think it's D&D 6. D&D 5 is already unnaturally long-lived. I'm not so sure about D&D 6 as a thing that's going to happen before 2023 though. And that's simply because Hasbro has been investing heavily in D&D 5 computer games. So, unless Dark Alliance, the forthcoming D&D game from the Hasbro-owned Took, has been built with D&D 6 rules all along, I think Hasbro, who own Wizards, will want D&D 5 to be the hot topic for the sales beak of their computer games. 
the legal news stole the headlines from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the latest official D&D book. It's not out in Europe yet due to the pandemic logistic challenges. Still, Geek Native provided a review roundup in the weekly RPG newsletter, and the early reviews are pretty positive. The later reviews are a little less shiny. I get the sense that some fans hoped for more significant changes to how D&D tackles monoculture races. I presume also some fans are pleased that the book did not make sweeping changes there. I've also seen one or two reports of binding problems and pages coming loose. If that happens to your copy, then Wizards of the Coast do have a returns programme to fix it for you. That's not the only legally tainted story of the week. It feels like parts of the web are still reeling with the news that Paradox Interactive is taking the development of World of Darkness back in-house. What does it mean? In particular, I was curious to know what happened to the Werewolf 5 book and how Hunter's Entertainment have been affected. Well, Paradox released a World of Darkness FAQ to try and cover some of these issues. And here are my top three. Firstly, Relationships with Onyx Path Publishing and regional publishers like Ulysses Spiel and Studio 101 are not affected. Secondly, all previous Vampire 5th edition books are still canon. And thirdly, the in-house team's next priority isn't Werewolf 5, but it's a Sabbat set book. Previously, it was Modifius who had been running Vampire, and this week has some good news from them, or for their fans at least. The British publisher shared the first bit of art from the Dune RPG, and it looks great. There's a spice worm thundering across the sands while people scramble to get out of the way, climb into a skyship, and escape. Now, do you know the old sci-fi game Renegade Legion? Perhaps you played it. It was published by FASA and set in the far future, complete with aliens and with two sides locked in a perma war. Well... A new Renegade Legion Centurion appeared in drive through RPG from Budgie Smuggler Games. The beta rulebook can be traced back to a Renegade Legion Patreon and a website with a countdown timer for a Kickstarter coming in 2021. I checked the paperwork, and look, I'm not claiming to have any skills at this, but I could see that the game's wordmark for Renegade Legion was recently given to Renegade Legion LLC, run by Joshua Perrin, and Joshua Perrin is one of the Budgie Smuggler Games team. So, I believe that Budgie Smuggler Games has the trademarks, or the word marks at least, that they say they do. I can't confirm from Faza, but I think it may be the case of paperwork expiring and being snapped up by someone else. The reviews say that the new Renegade Legion Centurion is very different. It is possible that Faza is not involved, did not even approve it, and that there are other critical legal obstacles, such as copyright, that still protect the original game. Sticking with sci-fi skirmish games for a bit, there's big news from the Star Wars universe. Fantasy Flight Games are no longer the studio running X-Wing, nor are they making Star Wars The Matter or Star Wars Legion. In fact, all the surviving Star Wars miniature games are going to Atomic Mass Studios. Atomic Mass is an Asmodee-owned sister studio to Fantasy Flight, and some of the Star Wars team are joining them. Why is this happening? Well, Asmodee says that they are consolidating their miniature games into Atomic Mass. Once again, people are left speculating what's going on at Fantasy Flight Games. They've already streamlined their business by winding down the RPG development 
which resulted in the Star Wars RPG being transferred to another Asmodee sibling, Edge Entertainment. Licenses are tricky things. We see that with Nightfall Games the Terminator RPG. It will use the S5S system that Nightfall was using with their Slay Industries 2nd Edition. The new RPG, which will get a Kickstarter next year, after a quick start comes out this year, will be based on the first movie and Dark Horse comics. However, the license excludes all the follow-up movies and Arnold Schwarzenegger. We will not see Arnie's likeness in this RPG. And let's say, as a small indie publisher, you land a high-profile license, then one of the companies you might turn to for help with logistics, sales and shipping is Indie Revolution Press. And Indie Revolution Press put out a remarkable drop ad this week. The little company is based in a town called Gerlach, best known for being the home of Burning Man. And I pronounce that the Scottish way, I don't know how the Nevadans pronounce it. But if you live in Gerlach, which you have to do to become assistant manager, then you have to drive for ages just to get your groceries. There are only 150 people in the little town. So no wonder the job ad is looking for somebody who can move to Gerlach, drive in all weathers, work in a warehouse, at the computer, but also share hotel rooms with other employees as you run convention support for IPR and their publishers. It sounds like quite an adventure. Mongoose Publishing is based in Swindon, so that's far less adventurous, but they still had to weather 2020. In Match Brand's annual State of Mongoose report, we learned that the company has adapted and has plans for 2021. First and foremost in 2021 is the Traveller RPG. Mongoose planned on launching the Fifth Frontier War, a project that will last years, as well as Traveller Mercenary on Kickstarter. And the launch that might interest you that's going to happen very soon is Mythic Table. Mythic Table is a not-for-profit and free-to-use virtual tabletop. There will never be features put behind a paywall, not even behind a patron, although there will be a patron for fans. Another bit of virtual tabletop news comes via Onyx Bath Publishing and Scarred Lands. The adventure, Dagger of Spurgos, is available at DriveThruRPG this week, and it's the first one I've seen with a special astral tabletop tag. Now, the two partners had announced that they would integrate DriveThru's market into astral. In other words, you could browse and buy astral modules at DriveThruRPG, and I wonder if Dagger of Spurgos is the first. Once you buy the dagger at DriveThruRPG, you're sent an email with a special link that unlocks the module at Astral for you. And last week's big news was Cyberpunk Red. And before wrapping up, I wanted to look back on that. There is a Cyberpunk Red errata out already, which adjusts EMP loss for cyberware, changes the auto-fire difficulty value based on range, and makes a few other tweaks. There's also a free DLC called Old Guns Never Die, which lets you convert Cyberpunk 2020 weaponry into Cyberpunk Red stats. Given that there's a Cyberpunk Red and 2020 goodies in the bundle of holding this week, that feels like a timely supplement. Lastly, in quirky news, Google has unleashed a monster maker on the web. It's an artificial intelligence project. It's easy enough to use and even I manage. Just using different colored pens, you blog out a rough shape and then you click transform and the AI tries to render your creation into a monster. The colours of the pens correspond to monster parts, wings, claws and horns. Even I manage something. And on that note, let's wrap it here. Keep safe, stay out of melee range and see you next week.